0: we thank the worship team as well? Thanks, Andy. I don't know where he's gone. At the back. Thank you so much, Andy. That was a blessing. I think Jonathan was louder than you at one point there. That' was really good. Really good. <laughs> yeah. Hey, where's Andrew Scarborough? Oh, this is a wild testimony that happened a couple of weeks ago. We saw someone saved on the streets last week again, gave their life to Jesus and uh but this is a really cool testimony of what happened a few weeks back could you share this
1: yeah absolutely hallelujah isn't it incredible god is on the move in our nation so it's a church i think we've seen eight decisions for jesus on the streets of Lillidale just in the last few weeks and these are people that literally come on we can praise god for that Um, these are people that literally saw clinton like afterwards and said that's the guy my whole life changed since he prayed for me you know, genuine conversions. Um, so we've also been blessing other churches around the nation, bringing the fire that's happening here at Glory City into other places. So we were down at Phillip Island last night. We saw two people get saved on the um, from the streets. They came to church. They met each other in a psych ward and they were buddies and they came to church and they got rocked by the power of God. Come on, we get excited. So people are getting saved every week through this local church. So I just encourage you, what a body. And so I was up in Canberra and we saw one of, I would say it was the wildest testimony of a salvation I've encountered in terms of a supernatural uh, salvation. So two brothers, hey mate, two brothers, younger brother's name is Sinan, older brother's name is Anan, not very common names. Um, but that's because they're Turkish uh, guys and um, from a Muslim family. So I'm up preaching, did the morning, and then said, hey, tonight I'm gonna preach the gospel, bring your friends, just like tonight, you're gonna hear the gospel, bring your friends. I'm telling you, bring your friends to Revive tonight. So I said, you know, so bring your friends, you know someone, they're far from God, they don't know God. Little did I know that there was a young guy in the room in his 20s, the older brother, uh, Anand. No, Sinan, not common names, like I said. The older brother Sinan was sitting in the room. Now, Sinan got saved through a dream. So he's a Muslim guy, had a dream, and Jesus told him that he was the way to God. So then he turned to one of his work colleagues he knew as a Christian and said, hey, I want to get right with God, I want to give my life to Jesus. Then showed up first time at church, walked into the church and said, I need to get baptised and the pastor said okay so they baptized him and he's believing for his family to get saved now Anan, the little brother is playing a computer game his older brother's got saved he's playing a computer game just before this canberra service and while he's playing the computer game called roblox someone messages him uh, through the game so it's an online game and you can talk to other people in the game and he gets this message hey how you doing um, can I share a dream I had with you? A little bit random when you're playing a game online. So, uh, little Anand, he's 11 years old. He writes back, says, yeah, go for it. The guy said, I had a dream. And in my dream, I saw hell and I saw the devil. But I also saw this guy, his name was Jesus. And he was saving people from hell. And he had a book and in the book were all the names of the people he was saving from hell. Oh, Anan writes back and says, wow, that's pretty crazy. Was my name in the book? And this person, angel, whatever, whoever it was, writes back and says, your name was not in the book, but there's a name in there, Sinan. And Sinan wants your name to be in the book. So Anan runs out of his bedroom into the lounge room and says, Sinan, I just had the craziest encounter with a stranger online and they said, your name's in the book, but my name's not in the book and I want my name to be in the book. Well, the older brother Sinan had not yet told his parents that he was a believer and was not actively, openly trying to win his family to the Lord because he was quite concerned being a Muslim and all the consequences. So then he just goes, "Stuff it. Mum and Dad, I'm a Christian, and you need to hear what happened to your little boy. And you need to hear what God's doing in my life. So he goes to church. There's going to be a gospel invitation. Invites his little brother. His little brother, first time in church, was two Sundays ago when we were preaching in Canberra. And when I said, if you're here and you want to give your life to Jesus, this little 11-year-old boy, the seed had been planted by the Holy Spirit or an angel or someone with a very good prophetic gift, He lifted his hand, he says, yes. And then I said, we're gonna pray for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So he comes forward and he's weeping and he's weeping and his older brother's there. And I said, how are you feeling? He goes, I've never been so happy. And the older brother was so excited. Because now he gets to disciple his younger brother in the Lord. And they're believing for their whole Muslim family to get saved. So I want to encourage you, friends. God is on the move. Hallelujah. God is on the
0: move. Thank you. Oh, I love it so much. Oh, that makes me happy. Yeah, that's so good. That reminds me of a a story that a friend of ours... uh, Danny and Jacob Rowe, they're they're in South Australia now, but they were a part of Glory City Darwin. He tells this crazy story about how he was travelling from uh, South Australia to Alice Springs. And I think I've shared this story before, but he travelled with some very, very conservative, very, very like fire and brimstone type Christians. And he was travelling with them and they broke down in the middle of nowhere, pitch black. And this ute pulls up, Blue Holden ute, and... uh, says, oh, I've got a spare tyre that you need for your bus. And they're like, who has a spare tyre for a bus in the back of their Ute? And I've also got the wrench that you need to, you know, un- undo the bolts. And uh, that, that it was a special type of, of wrench that they needed. And they're like, who is this guy? And these guys preach fire and brimstone to this guy. And then at the end of it, and my mate Dan, uh, Jacob's going, guys, just shut up. He's fixing our bus. Like, let's be nice to him. And uh, at the end of it, he says, "Can I pray for you?" And gets them to get in a circle. And as he prays, him and the Ute disappear, completely vanish. And it was this—it was this Aussie guy. And uh, I just—I love it because I, I just pitch. I'm like, man, what straws do they pull in heaven? Who gets to be the angel? That gets to be the Aussie, Aussie guy that drives the Holden Ute. Anyway, maybe that was the the gamer. The angel game eyes. I want to play the games. <laughs> anyway, that's good. Cool. Uh, you guys good? You ready? All right. I, I'm gonna, we're we're going we're gonna to pray for people today. We're going to pray for the sick. And we're going to do some, some body ministry time. And uh, I'm going to do a little bit of teaching. And then we're going to just, just minister. Um, healing is something that uh, I've gone after for a long time. And we have, and um, you know, I'm not going to do an in-depth study this morning on healing, but I will say this: that's pretty much what Jesus did. <laughs> Is he healed the sick? And he cast out demons, cleansed lepers. He didn't judge people; he loved them, and um, he gave it to the Pharisees. That's pretty much what, <laughs> that's pretty much what Jesus did. And uh, and you know, I think. A lot of people, uh, when it comes to this topic, we've, always, we've, we've lost loved ones or we've prayed for people and we haven't seen them healed or, um, you know, whatever it is. And I've been stirred probably in the last few months to, to go after this again because um, my experience doesn't determine truth. Jesus determines truth. And so just because I pray and something doesn't happen, I try and let those things, you grieve, you have your moments where you're sad or you lose a loved one or whatever it is. And then I go, all right, the standard's is Jesus. Let's go again. Let's go again and uh, let's continue. And I've probably put my foot off the pedal, I would say personally in my own life. I've, I've My theology hasn't changed on it, but I've, I've personally taken my foot off that pedal. And I felt it a few months back that I was like, man, I just felt the Lord press on my heart to, to really go after it again and... I was sitting with Clinton on Tuesday night or whenever it was, and we watched Sons of God. Has anyone seen Sons of God, that movie? It's, it's not the Noah one, right? It's not Noah film. It's, it's, a, it's like Finger of God, Furious Love. It's like one of those um, films. It's done by a different guy. I can never pronounce his name, but um, and it's basically just stories of... Uh, different things, and and one of the the churches in there is um, a South African church, and the opening scene is this woman who uh, is she's deaf and uh, she can't speak, and the opening she's a oh, mama. I can talk, and then and then she begins to walk as well, and she she couldn't walk, and she begins to walk, and. Um, <laughs> Jesus is either the same yesterday, today, or forever, or he's not. So Jesus either heals today or he doesn't. And it's not my job to question God. It's my job to ask God questions so that when people come sick, broken, wounded, whatever, that they don't get Liam, they get Jesus. That's my job. And in John 14, 12, he said, Greater works will you do when I go to be with the Father. And I just I just refuse to change the standard because of something that I didn't see. It's that I don't get that privilege. We don't get that privilege. The privilege is Jesus told us to pray, heaven on earth. And guess what? We don't get to pray for sick people in heaven. We don't get to. We don't get to pray for depression or anxiety or we don't get to see people saved. We get to do that here. And, And I get it. There's the mysteries that we don't know and all those things. But the mysteries are never something that I'm like, question God over or questioning his goodness. The question is, God, show me who you are, and show me who who Jesus is, so that the next time someone comes to me, I can adequately display the presence of God, and that they get healed. Amen. Amen. And um, yeah, so we just—I just want to go for it because there there is a spiritual battle out there, and there is a world and of, of torment and sickness. You don't need to look too far, and. And uh, I just want to just go, all right, this is what Jesus modelled. Um, one-fifth of Jesus' ministry in red letters is healing sick people. One-fifth. And a, the biggest portion is the cross and the lead up to the cross. And then the next biggest portion from that is, is healing. And so I'm just like, all right. He said, greater works will you do when I go to be with the Father. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to you. So go and make disciples, teach him them everything that I have taught you. Well, what did he teach his disciples to do taught them to heal the sick Matthew 10 verse 8 he gave them all authority to go out and heal the sick cast out demons and uh, and so I just want to go after this this morning is that all right? Yeah. All right so one uh, sorry Matthew 8:16 turn with me to Matthew 8:16 <clears throat> next, I'm hoping, not this Sunday, but next Sunday, the 3rd of April, we're gonna have a festival night here in the other room at night time, instead of our revive night, this will be our revive night, as a fundraiser for the Ukrainian people that are coming into our country right now. So, I've been working overtime this week Phone call. They're, this is incredible. I preached at a Russian church a couple of years ago through a connection with Andrew Scarborough. There's a, a, a Slavic church here in, in Bentley, and they are taking in Ukrainian people. And, um, and so we uh, have uh, access to the lodge that Stable One used as of next Sunday. And we're in conversations with a bunch of people. And so our heart, these guys are coming in on a holiday visa but the holiday element has been erased and uh, they're coming over here, some uh, with not much and some, you know, all different stories, mostly women because the men are over there fighting. And, um, and so they're going to be, I know a few of you have already said, hey, we'll have a couple and we'll have people come. And so on the 3rd of April, at, in that room over there, we're hoping to do a, fundraiser, of food, um, there'll be maybe some paintings that people can buy from some of the, the people in our community, uh, and it'll just, there'll be music and different things like that, and we'll make it a fun night, there'll be worship and a, a message of hope and love, and we're inviting the Russian church and the Ukrainians along to come, and so stay tuned, hopefully we have information up either tomorrow or Tuesday or Wednesday about the details of that. But just like, let's just pack this place and raise as much money as we can uh, for these guys to just show them their love and and they're a part of a a, a community that want to get around them. Amen? Amen? All right. So, Matthew 8, are you there? All right. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Would you just help everyone in here To just be touched by your spirit right now. Just be soft hearts, open minds, open to your word, open to your truth. Would you convict us right now of the truth of who you are in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Matthew 8, verse 16. We'll start at verse 14. And when Jesus entered Peter's house, he saw his mother-in-law lying sick with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her and she rose and began to serve him. That evening they brought to him many who were oppressed by demons and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah he took our illness and bore our diseases. Hmm. So many people have said, well, Liam, you know, um, it's the, where it says by his stripes we are healed, 1 Peter 2, 24 uh, talks about that, that by his stripes we are healed. And he says, well, that's talking about spiritual s- sickness, that Jesus paid for our sins it's like, yes, well, that is true, but in the same brush stroke of redemption, he also paid for our sickness, because he healed all the diseases, and then he said, this was what was to be fulfilled by the prophet Isaiah, that he bore our sins, he took our illness and bore our disease. And those words can be interchanged, okay? And so uh, there's another time in Scripture where he says, "So that you know the Son of Man, has authority over sin, I say pick up your mat and walk. The two are together. And so turn with me to Matthew 10, verse 8. Here he says, just just one page over, right? Here he says, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. You receive without paying, give without pay. Require no gold or silver or copper for your belts, no bag for your journey or two tunics or sandals or staff, for the labourer deserves his food. And then he goes on and on and on. He, said, he's, he said, brings the twelve and he gives them the authority and he says, this is the authority that I've given you to heal the sick, to cast out demons and to cleanse lepers. And 1 Corinthians 2 verse 4, excuse me, Paul writes and he says, I didn't come... In cleverness of speech and in crafted words, but I came in demonstration of the power of God. And we live in a show, this is a show and tell gospel. It's we've got to let the Spirit of God provoke us in such a way where we we go, all right, there's a person there that's sick, and they don't. They don't need an explanation of the gospel. They don't need good theology. They need a miracle. One of my favorite, one of my heroes in the faith is a guy called David Hogan. Anyone heard of David Hogan? Seen over 500 people raised from the dead in his ministry. I listen. <laughs> right? When someone's like, i oh, pay attention. Right? And he was preaching at a Bible college in America. And he said, this quote, and I love it. He said, a lot of all y'all, because this is how he talked, right? He said, all y'all in here can tell me the theology of how to heal the sick. He's like, the difference is I can do it. (laughs) Right? And you heard Lisa last week brilliantly articulate about the difference between excellence and perfection and the, perf- the perfectionist in us will go well I prayed last week and they didn't get healed so is there something wrong with me and you look inward or you look at is it must be God or it must be this and we try and find a problem whereas the kingdom just brings solutions and my my response for the last 10 years and I can honestly say this I've seen heaps of people healed and I've seen heaps of people not healed Trust me, you get real humble when you pray for sick people because you realise what you can do. (laughs) You're like, oh, when, when I pray and they just, that nothing happens, it's humbling. It really is, you know. And my response has been, God, this burden of not seeing them healed is great and it's your burden to carry. So you take it. But let that provoke my spirit, God. So the next time a sick person standing in front of me, the spirit of God would flow through me so powerfully, and I'd be so engulfed with the spirit of God that they would get completely healed. Though they don't get Liam, they get Jesus, because you said greater works will you do when, when you go to be, greater works will I do when you go to be with the Father. So show me more clearly who you are, so that I can represent you well. That's my prayer, right? So I don't do the guilt and shame thing and I don't do the blame God thing because it's not a lack on his end. And 1 Corinthians, he says, "You know, I didn't come in cleverness of speech, but I came in demonstration of power. And... I want to be like David Hogan, you know. I don't want to just know the theology. I don't want to just have good rhetoric. I want to see people get healed and encounter Jesus. Because there are situations in our world where people, they need a miracle. They don't need, no, there's nothing doctors can do. I'm, all, I, I'm not against doctors. I believe in doctors. I believe in, you know... Therapy and all that, all that stuff when it's done right. But he's the great physician. He's the great healer. And in the midst of mystery, in the midst of times where, you know, we, we lose loved ones and we pray for people. And I'm, I'm speaking from experience. I've held babies, friends' babies, you know, in our arms. And we've prayed for days. And we haven't seen the breakthrough. And you can sit there and you go, why God? I don't ask that question anymore. Because Jesus is the perfect representation of the Father. He's the exact image of God. And there isn't a storm he blessed and there isn't a person he said to, today's a Wednesday and I don't have a Bethel song in the background for the anointing of God. I need need a bit of a band to jazz me up. He just healed sick people. He demonstrated fully what the kingdom of heaven is like on earth. He defied gravity when he walked on water. His kingdom is different. And it's not my job to change God. It's his job to change me so that I look like him. I refuse to just bow and go to make myself feel comfortable because of the mystery of something. There is a devil... We are in a fallen world and I never blame a person. Don't ever do that as long as you're a part of this church. If you do that, I'll rebuke you. Don't ever put guilt and shame on a person. Oh, well, there must be some secret sin in you or whatever crap people say. And um, that's just not okay. All right? That felt good. Okay. (laughs) All right. There you go. You're laughing. You're with me. All right. I want to just correct one thing that I I really feel like comes up often with with this topic. People say, what about Paul's thorn in his flesh in 2 Corinthians 12? There are four times in the Old Testament that the thorn in the flesh is used. And they're always talked about. It's always mentioned as a person. And they're always mentioned as situations... Where that person is opposing someone as in as is as if they were a pain in the <laughs> they're a pain in the side or the bum. <laughs> they're a pain in the backside. They're a thorn in the flesh. Right? And Paul says, if it's your will, take this, this from me, and if it's not, you know, let it be, right? He's refer- I believe, personally, he's referring to... He- Paul was a, you know, a rabbi, a Jewish scholar that converted to Christianity from Judaism. He had some opposition. And he had some people that were opposing what he was preaching. And he said, God, could you take this from me? It's, it's a bit of a pain. And God, you know, God spoke to him in space. He said, my, your, my grace is sufficient in your, in your weakness. In your weakness, you're made strong. It's not referring to sickness. It's ref- I believe clearly scripture, due to the Old Testament, what it proves, it's clearly referring to there is either someone or the Judaic sect is opposing you and in your weakness, you are made strong. My grace is sufficient. But it's not talking about removing a sickness from you. It's not talking about keeping you in sickness. You, you can't get that when Jesus went to the cross, as we just read, and paid for sickness and sin on the cross. And then you have God giving sickness. You have a house divided. Yeah. Yes. Jesus paid for sickness on the cross. And you have God... Wanting to heal sick people too. They're not divided and at an odds with each other. They're together in unison. And so I just want to pray for people this morning. And we have obviously the Spirit of God is in us. And obviously the Spirit of God is here. And you know why why wouldn't the Spirit of God that's in us confront sickness? why wouldn't it i know this brings up so many que- this brings up so many questions but we're going to just read one more thing john 9 and i'm not I, like i said i'm not going to do an in-depth study on this i love what heidi baker said she said you know someone asked her why do you see more sick people healed than of anyone else and she said oh we just pray for more sick people than probably anyone else (laughs) i reckon i prayed for close to a thousand people and then i was in a conference in sydney and this guy was had a broken leg and preacher said all right we're going to pray for the sick tonight and I want you to pray because the same spirit that's in you is the same spirit that rose Christ Jesus from the dead and I remember it was 2011 and I put my hand on this guy's leg and the power of God flowed through my hand like I felt the power of God And I felt his bones realign. I I haven't felt that very often, but I felt his bones realign. And I knew that he was healed. I didn't need to ask him, but I knew he's healed. And I said, what's going on in your foot right now? And he said, something's moving. And I went, yeah, I can feel it. And I said, does your foot feel on fire? And he goes, yeah. I said, oh, my hand feels on fire. And I said, well, do you want to test it out? And he goes, yeah. And he jumps from the, you know, it was a tiered uh, seating. And he jumps down like a meter, lands on his foot and runs around the, the auditorium, you know. there's about 5,000 people there. And he was completely healed, completely. We saw him the next day in the foyer. And he's on the phone to his wife. He's crying. He's like, I'm healed. I'm completely healed. That was enough for me to go, it's God's desire and it's his will to heal. Every time. Jesus in Matthew 8, he, they said, is it your will to heal? He says, it is my will to be healed. That's the word theolo. And it's the word he always will, always wants to, and always desires to, to bring about healing. I remember when we were at Bethel and we saw a woman with cancer in her blood and bowel issues and, oh, she had everything wrong with her and I had no faith. (laughs) And she's telling me what's going on and we just declared the blood of Jesus. We walked around her for 15 minutes. She hit the deck. I saw her a month later. She was 24 years old and she was completely healed. She got baptized, she gave her life to Jesus, she was from Switzerland, and uh, she was just completely made well. I could tell you story after story here on the streets of Lilydale, in churches, in cafes, in wherever, restaurants of different situations where God has healed. I could also tell you stories of times where we've prayed and we haven't seen the miracle happened where people have died. And young, old, prayed, nothing, nothing's changed, nothing's shifted. I love what Lisa said last week, love never fails. And a good, a good uh, a, a, someone that I admire is a lady by the name of Melissa Helsa. wrote that song, Raise a Hallelujah. She's got a chronic illness, lives with it every day of her life and deals with pain and I remember she said she's been a revival meeting she got healed and it came back and she just said I refuse I refuse to put that on God because his goodness is found in the person of Jesus and she said you know what I will be healed this side of the cross or the next but I'm going for this side as long as I'm alive and I I love you (laughs) And so that's what we're going for. We're going for healing this side of the cross because on that side, we don't get to pray for the sick. On that side, we, we're in the fullness. I'm, I'm getting a six pack and abs and my, my 21 year old body back. right? <laughs> and... Uh, Jesus Christ is the truth about God. He's the truth about us and he's the truth about God. So that means if something happens that doesn't look like Jesus, then let's not call it the Father. He didn't bless any storms. He didn't turn people away. He didn't make up an excuse or a theology because of something. He delivered what the kingdom looks like fully. And you and I now get the privilege and the joy to do the same. It's no use coming to the front door of someone's home as a salesman. And saying, this is what the whiz bang coffee machine looks like. Here's a brochure and catch you later. We need to put God on display. Not so we can show off and look amazing. Oh, is this the whiz bang tool of the Christian world? No, there's a sick person in front of me. Or there's a person that needs a breakthrough. And I have a spirit in me that conquered death and the grave. I don't have the right to change the subject because of something like that. I have the right to pray for that person, to lay hands on them and see them healed. And when it doesn't happen, I don't let my experience define God. I come back, Jesus defines who God is, and then my experience matches up, not the other way around. Does that make sense? Okay. This is what we're gonna do. If you have any sickness, my thumb, a good friend of ours, he said, Jesus took whips for all sicknesses, not just for the little and the big, he took them for all. (laughs) And we're just gonna do body ministry. You guys are the ministry team today. We're not gonna get people to come down the front. Um, But this is what we're gonna do. If you have any sickness in here at all, or there is someone in your life that you want to stand, in, you know, in, in proxy for them, um, I want you just to stand up right now. Just anything at all. There's a bunch of people in here I know that we lost a friend this week. We lost a, a dear friend and a loved one and someone that's close to a few people's hearts. And and a part of me going after this is because of that. Because I don't want to let the devil win. I want to go after it. I want her life to mean something. She has a beautiful soul and... He died too young and God can work all things together for good. I understand that and I'm not trying to manipulate emotion here or any of those things, but I did want to say that and just bring that to light because I know that's on people's hearts and minds and part of going after this is to go, "Let's, let's just go after this, guys. Let's just have a place where the presence of God would so reside. I don't understand why Peter's shadow could heal people But gosh, I want that. Gosh, I want people to walk into a place where they could go to the doctor and the doctor says, i got no hope for you, but there's this church down the road that sees people healed. Go there. Go there and see you'll get a miracle. And when it doesn't happen, we let it provoke our spirits to a place where we go, Jesus said, heal the sick. So let's do it. Let's get so intimate with the Lord that out of us flow rivers of living water. That the spirit of God, the resurrected spirit, he said lay hands on sick people. These signs will follow those who believe. They will heal the sick and they will cast out demons. Don't do the guilt and shame thing. Bring that situation close and let it provoke you for the more and i feel like probably in my life i'd let situations bring a measure of just comfortability in my life to where i was you know someone was sick i'm like oh i'll pray for you you know as opposed to no this is not okay this is not okay and i have i have a dead raising spirit inside me that wants to come out all right